Hello, everyone, and welcome to the End of the Chat Gaming Podcast. I am your host, Nico, with my co-host, Rico, over here. Hola. And we get together every week to talk all things video games. Uh, what happened this week? What did we get? We had up on the channel this week, Final Fantasy VII Integrate DLC gameplay went up. Scarlet Nexus uh, First Impressions went up. Rico did both of those. I checked out the xCloud streaming on PC. And I also, before this podcast, uploaded a video talking about Psychonauts 2 and why you should be excited for that. So all that is available over on the Enter the Chat YouTube channel. And we are also available on most podcast services as of now. I saw, I was checking it today, we're available on Spotify, Google Play, and a couple other more lesser known ones. Uh, Still not on Apple. That one's a pain. I guess that one has a longer like verification process. So hopefully that'll be up soon yeah. on Apple. But we're available everywhere else and on YouTube if you like the video format. So how's the week hey, been going, Rico? I haven't actually talked to you. How's how's the week going? Oh, it's been going. I've been pouring like basically most of my time into Scarlet Nexus. Really, like the the whole story and setting of that game has me hooked. <laughs> Yeah, you were I'm texting me about that. Just You're now, still like it, half. Huh? Yeah, I'm. St- I'm right now. I'm like about. I'd say at a halfway point, because like with the games, like there's two separate playthroughs you can go through. So I'm like, I'm almost done with one, and then I'm gonna be hopping right into the other one. Gotcha. So you've only been playing Scarlet Nexus, not a whole lot else. No, like Scarlet. It's basically one of those things where it's like, once I really get into a game, I, I won't really dive into much else until I at least finish that game. I'm very focused on. Gotcha. And the thing gotcha. that's and the thing that sucks is that after I beat Scarlet Nexus, I have another game that's probably gonna take just as long to beat a uh, near replicant because I don't know if you know about the near games. That one's another one that takes multiple playthroughs to get the full story. Yeah, I. I've been, I even I myself have been playing games with multiple playthroughs lately. But before I get into that, topic of the week that we will be discussing here, we're going to talk about gaming and how it's changed throughout our lifetimes. Now, we're younger guys, so it's not as significant some of the older generations, but we figured this was an interesting conversation, especially considering this particular transition into a new generation with the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. But I first wanted to talk about the games that we've been playing this week, and we kind of hopped right into that with Scarlet Nexus, but I... Yeah, pretty what, much. <laughs> what the hell have I been playing? I was playing Ratchet & Clank, which, God almighty, what a game that is. What a mm-hmm. freaking oh, beautiful game. I got the Platinum, and I played probably halfway through a new game plus to wrap up the Platinum. Yeah, I gotta get back into that, too, because I want to get, like, all the Omega guns. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got the platinum and I'll probably not touch it for a while. I'll probably go work on some of my other backlog. But like literally right before we started the podcast, I wrapped up my first playthrough of Spider-Man Miles Morales and oh my god. What? I was going to say, I want to hear your thoughts on that. What a game. See, I, okay, I was really worried when they announced Miles Morales. Like obviously I was excited because I I loved Spider-Man 2018 and I wanted more of that, but I was worried that it was just going to be you know, the same game with a new coat of paint on it, like the moves and the style wasn't going to be any different. It was going to be the exact same Spider-Man. It's so much more. Oh, it is. It's so much more. Now, granted, you don't have the huge rogue gallery like you got in Spider-Man 2018, but I really liked how they set it up as like a origin story for Miles, and you really get to see him become Spider-Man. 
Yeah, it's kind of like uh, it reminds me of the infamous uh, Second Son sort of like, uh, not necessarily DSC, but like it own game of First Light. It's like it gives you an origin story of a new character or one that you're going to see. <laughs> yeah, and I, I really liked it because, like I said, I was worried it was going to be the exact same as like Spider-Man 2018, but. There's so many differences in the way that Miles fights versus how Peter fights. Plus, you get the additions of like the camouflage and the Venom powers and all that kind of stuff. And it is oh god, so I love the Venom fun. powers. The Venom so powers much. are awesome. It's gonna be weird going back to Peter without the Venom powers. Well, d- that depends on how like the set like actual second Spider-Man game goes. Because I have a feeling that's gonna be something where like maybe you're gonna swap between both Peter and Miles. I have a feeling, especially given the symbiote aspect of it all, I could see Miles having to fight Peter in the symbiote suit at some point. That would be freaking awesome. That would be. Whew. I was gonna say I can't remember the last game that would have. If that happens, I wouldn't be able to think of the last game that would have like such a emotional battle like that well i guess you could sort of compare like 2018 spider-man uh you facing off against doc ock to that, something like that. yeah and i was surprised how they were able to kind of recapture that at the end of the game with the tinkerer that was Dude, super was good like, like i actually geez. it brought tears to my eyes the ending of this game i know it's like damn and I, yeah, I'm I'm going back through. I'm going to do the new game plus because I got it to get the platinum. So I'm going to be going back through it and getting the platinum. But <laughs> got to get the platinum. I got to get the platinum. But I've still got some other objectives. Like, I, got, I still got it pulled up. What's on my map still? Let's see. We've got the underground hideouts I got to finish up. I got to finish up some of the, like, stealth and combat challenges and do all the side missions first. And then yeah, I'll go back get... and I'll speed run the new game plus mode. And I was messing with the photo mode. Holy shit some of the photos dude, you can take with this thing oh man dude like playstation's like photo mode in some of its recent games has been on a whole new level oh i mean i i was in love i just saw this i was just sitting i was doing it in the middle of a mission but i was like crouched up on this balcony and i was like this looks really cool i know i'm supposed to be fighting these guys but i'm gonna take a second to hop into photo mode <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i've been playing that what else have i played i played i've i finished up Doom 2016. I don't know if I talked about that last week, but I played that. Finished uh, up I think that you game. were. I think you said you were in the middle of it last week. Yeah, I wrapped that up. I played a, a Space Jam, a new Legacy game <laughs> on Xbox Game Pass, and that game I'll have a review up for it later this week on the channel. But God, LeBron James. You think it would be a basketball game, being that you know Space Jam <laughs> is about basketball. <laughs> nope not even a little bit i mean like there there is a basketball in the game but <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like just the balls there but it's it's that's it. so minor the use of the basketball that it's like oh. I, oh man and you can only play as three characters you can only play as lebron you can only play as bugs and you can only play as lola like those are your three characters you pick from what the fuck and then the rest of the looney tunes you activate and they have like power-ups and stuff which is it's so weird but yeah i'll i have a review coming up for that later this week so i won't talk about that too much and then aside from that i've just been playing you know more Fortnite and the usual crap like that right but yeah for me ratchet and clank was amazing i loved ratchet and clank and then spider-man i knew i was gonna like spider-man more than ratchet like i love ratchet and clank well yeah but spider-man is just my jam and 
I am so looking forward to the sec the sequel to Spider-Man 2018 now. Right, and I can't fault you for that. Both are great games, but it's like, but like you said, Spider-Man's like your all-time favorite superhero. So of course you're gonna like that. More exactly. Than that uh, yeah, like. it's just ooh, it hit a spot. But we'll get back to our topic. We're gonna talk about what gaming has become over the generations in our lifetime. So quickly, we'll recap where we started gaming. If you'd like to lead off there. So where I started gaming, you could pretty much say gaming really started for me right around the very first uh, PlayStation. That was essentially my first like major console. I may have had like a Game Boy handheld too around that time, but the PlayStation, like I said, was that first major console. Played like a bunch of like weird games on there as well as some of the more iconic ones. Like I did play Crash on there a bit, and then there were some weird ones like. Uh, a NASCAR racing game, but it wasn't NASCAR. Basically, take NASCAR and combine it with Mario Kart. And then some other, like, few weirds. Nothing, like, too crazy, mm -hmm. really. And for me, it was... I, I had a Game Boy, but it was it was back in that time period where my memory's still a little, like, foggy. And, and, but I had shared a Game Boy with my brother. I know, remember we had, like, a couple of games. Like, we had Mario on it, and then we had, like, a Tonka game that we played on it. And then <laughs> the first console we had was a GameCube. And I remember getting Super Smash Bros. Melee. And then Godzilla Destroy All Monsters was our first game on it. And that's kind of where we started. And I mean, I was I feel like GameCube was around the same time. When, when was the release date of the GameCube? As the PlayStation 2 era. GameCube release date. 2001. PlayStation 2 was... I was going to, yeah, in 2000. So yeah, they were right around the same time in terms yeah. of the games that were coming out on them. And that's what I was going to say, because I remember going to your house and playing a bunch of stuff like Tie and everything that I already had on my GameCube. Back when oh, Nintendo yeah. still really liked third party. Yeah. Back when Nintendo like wasn't really the heavy hitter that it is today now. Like, don't get me wrong, there were still some like big, great games in there. I mean, Smash Bros. Melee and all that stuff. But it wasn't like it wasn't what it is today, basically. <laughs> but yeah, it, back then it definitely was more of a single player thing. And if there was multiplayer, it felt like more of like a party game kind of thing. Yeah, I was going to say like back then, of course, like that was before uh, online play was a thing. So really the only multiplayer stuff was just, you know, inviting a friend over and having a second controller handy and was typically came down to either like some racing games or like you said party style games because i'm pretty sure there was a mario party on the gamecube and then yep. smash mario party mario 4 Kart. i think mario party 5 might have been on gamecube as well but yeah it was yeah, a lot of those right. a lot of those couch co-op you know kind of deals but i do I, if i'm not mistaken pc gaming was definitely the only way you got multiplayer at the time unless you were together in the same room yeah pretty much like even then it was like still very like I'm I'm not too sure how prominent PC gaming was back then or what was available at the time. Yeah. Cuz was WoW even out around WoW that time? WoW was 2004, so it was a couple of years later. Okay. So not not exactly at the same time, but not too long. But that was probably that was probably EverQuest time, EverQuest 2 maybe. I don't remember the exact timeline of when EverQuest came out. But yeah, it was ever because my dad was big into EverQuest and he was playing that all the time. And then World of Warcraft came out and that's when he got into that. So yeah, PC was really the big multiplayer scene 
up until we move over into the ps3 and 360 era and that in my opinion was the last significant jump in terms of consoles until now yeah yeah that was definitely yeah that was definitely the bigger jump because that was around the time where they uh video game companies started really looking at uh online play and not just online play but that's also around the time where video games started getting more because you know from like for me from like playstation to ps2 era you bought the game and then that was it like yeah until a sequel came out yeah until a sequel came out basically but then came the ps3 and 360 era and it was around that time i don't think it was at the start i think it was like sort of like in the middle of that era maybe a bit close towards the end where DLCs started to become a thing, where now there's this additional content available for, you know, a bit more money. Yeah, and th- that was with the introduction of, like, the PlayStation Store, and the I, I don't remember if it was called anything different back in the day, but what is now the Microsoft Store for Xbox. But Yeah, I think it was just Xbox Store or something like and that. And that's when, all, I feel like that's when the console war got really bad, is when the introduction of those two stores came to be because then they made deals with like call of duty i remember back in the day playing on playstation call of duty dlcs always came out like a month earlier on xbox right and there was this huge back and forth during that time especially because like there was definitely a huge difference in the online experience when you play it on an xbox 360 versus on a playstation 3 yeah the console war definitely started with that era because like uh, PlayStation had a bit of a messy launch and headling with the PS3, and that just allowed uh, Xbox 360 to come in and gain a lot of ground. And that's, I think, when uh, the console wars pretty much started. So PS3 360 era was what you could consider the birth of the true console wars. The birth of, yeah, the current console wars. Not, I mean, the Nintendo-Sega console wars were long before our time. True, but... And- I don't really know if I consider that much of a console war because that was more between companies. But now, like with uh, the PS3 360 era to now, now you have actual fans involved in it. And comp- companies like Sony and uh, Microsoft, they don't really seem to care as much. Yeah, they'll take jabs at each other, but they're not as like at each other's throats about it or as uh, adamant about it. Yeah, I definitely think, especially because at that time, that was when Halo was at its peak. Like Halo 3. Halo Reach, those were the ones I remember everybody that was on Xbox talking about. Yeah, that was around time where, like, Xbox had, like, some really, like, heavy-hitting uh, exclusive titles. And it wasn't until, I th- want to say, like, maybe a bit later in the PS3's life cycle where Sony started to sort of double down on their exclusives because that was when we got The Last of Us. Yeah, it's and it's that was when you really got to see kind of the divergence between the two where Xbox focused on a huge variety of exclusives. Like you had Fable, you had Gears, you had, you know, everything like that, Halo. And then on the other side, you saw that kind of change from Sony being, you know, the traditional kind of goofy exclusives that like what they had with like Kingdom Hearts and that Medieval was another one where they kind of started moving to what we have now with the Sony uh, PlayStation Studios, where it's like the third-person action, you know, story-driven narratives that they give us these days. You kind of saw that transition toward the end of the life cycle on the PlayStation 3. Yeah, where it's like now a lot of their exclusives are almost like 
a dramatic and emotional filled cinematic experience. Basically it's almost like you're playing through a movie or like a really good TV series. Yeah. And that's like, cause that's when the first couple of uncharted came out, right? They weren't on PlayStation two. Was the first one on PlayStation two? I don't, uh, man, let's, uh, I don't that. recall. I'm not huge on the uncharted series, but that's when like, you know, we got infamous for the first time. And that's when, uh, kill zone was getting really, really big. Resistance was big at the time. Let's see. The first Uncharted came out in 2007, which I think was... was that no, it was only... A, uh, Roughly, yeah. Yeah, no, there was no Uncharted game on the PS2. That's okay, that's what I thought. PS3. It was PS2. That's, yeah, that's where Infamous came in. That's where Uncharted came in. God of War was big then. That God of War was on PlayStation 2, but God of War 3 was the big PlayStation 3 one. And oh, yeah. We God had of War God of War Ascension as well. And then... Toward the end, we started seeing stuff like The Last of Us come into play and things of that nature as we started moving into the PlayStation 4. Then we got, you know, Spider-Man and everything that came later as we transitioned. But that's where you really got to see them kind of start telling these huge stories, like you said, like a movie. Yeah, like I'm like right now I have like a list of some of like the best uh, PlayStation 3 exclusive games. And it's such a nostalgic thing looking back like, yeah, you got, of course... Last of Us at the top. You got Metal Gear Solid Four, the Little Big Planet series, which mm-hmm. was like a pretty endearing series. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of like how they brought it back with Sackboy, but at the same time, I really hope they bring us like a, a traditional, traditional Little Big Planet, yeah, Little Big Planet game. And let's see, you got original Demon Souls, and now you have the remake slash remaster that launched with PS Five. Mm-hmm. The the fucking infamous games, Kill Zone, like just honestly looking back, like. Yeah, Xbox had, like, a pretty strong hold on, like, the exclusives, but then you look back at uh, what Sony had at the time, and they had some real good ones at the they time. They had some like, bangers. Really... See, that was the difference between, in my opinion, between the two gener- well, the two consoles at that generation point was Sony was really telling these huge stories with those exclusives where Microsoft was really doubling down on the online stuff. Yeah, and then, like, once they saw, like, you know, like the online stuff really started to take off, and now you got PlayStation coming in on it with God. I don't even, I can't even think of what. Probably like more. Uh, well, now it's kind of like now it's kind of like reverse because you said before uh, Xbox used to get like maps ahead of time, but now Sony's cut a deal with that franchise to where they get maybe some maps maps ahead of time, or they get some exclusive content now. Yeah, and that, like. That was definitely the difference, in my opinion. Microsoft was super focused on multiplayer. That's what they cared about. And that's and that's when we started seeing a lot of the free-to-play stuff start springing up. Where it's not necessarily like the free games you got from like PlayStation Plus or Xbox Gold or whatever it was. But the actual like free-to-download, you know, throw-money-at-it-later kind of games. Like the one that I remember playing a lot on PlayStation 3 was DC Universe Online. Oh god, DC Universe. I remember like downloading that and it took so long to download. Yeah. I'm just like, why is this taking forever? <laughs> I just want to make my I just want to make my DC superhero persona. <laughs> and that's when I remember them really start to bring in a lot of the free-to-play stuff as we started moving over into the next generation and moving over to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And for that specifically, that was a very minor console jump, in my opinion. Yeah. I remember it, the biggest it, thing with the PlayStation 4 was just the controller getting the touchpad, and that turned out to be just more of a gimmick than anything. Yeah, and that, and um, there wasn't so much a jump, like, graphically, 
mainly because like some of the first games you could play on it was just like upgrades from the PS3, which uh, one of them still going today. Fucking GTA Five. Don't forget that came out on PS3, and we're oh, getting a right. PS5. You're all right. That did come out on PS3, and it's coming to PS5. Yeah. But wow, it, that did come but... out forever ago, didn't it? Yeah, I know. Like that just dawned <laughs> on me. I was like, shit, that was PS3 era, and here we are. Like how many years later, still playing it? Wow. But yeah, and then it, it, it's like weird how like so many games have like stood the test of time and are still getting like brought on to future platforms because of like the influence they had. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's that generation. Like I said, it was kind of a smaller jump, and then Xbox. That's when PlayStation started to swing back a little bit. Because I remember in PlayStation Three, remember the great PSN outage where you couldn't even freaking play online because oh, for yeah, like that's... months because all of a sudden somebody hacked PlayStation Network. Yeah, hacked PlayStation Network, got a bunch of like people's information, got leaked and all that stuff. It was a big deal back then. I that dealt like a serious blow to PlayStation. And they they fell behind at that point. But then Xbox with the Xbox One had a pretty rocky start that generation because they were like, you know, we aren't gonna do physical, it's all gonna be digital. We are focusing on a bunch of other medias and not just the games. And then PlayStation was like, nope, games, we have physical stuff. I remember the E3 stuff, and everybody's like, you know, cheering and making fun of Xbox the whole time. And then, you know, it came out, and they really swung back. The PlayStation 4 was a phenomenal system that everybody liked. And that's when oh, PlayStation yeah. really brought back their online service, where they added stupid stuff that should have been there to begin with, like the party chat features and things like that for your friends list. Yeah, like, PS4 era was definitely, like, where, like, Sony, like, planted their feet and figured out, like, what they want to do finally. And finally, like, kind of actually, like, start listening to people, giving them, like, stuff we have wanted for a long time. And really just doubled down as, like, okay, here's our game plan. Here's what we're going to do. Here is what PlayStation is going to be. And that's, yeah, they really did double down. And that was when you started getting things like, you know, God of War 2018, Spider-Man 2018, where they continued that, you know, action adventure narratives that you're getting left and right and then we got things like the last of us 2 toward the end and they really doubled down on the fact that that was what they wanted out of their exclusive games i mean we they didn't have many multiplayer exclusive games that i can think of off the top of my head no not re really unless you count like maybe like some of their uh unless you count stuff like uh what's their racing game a uh, gt or gran turismo yeah that yep. might be that might be one of like the few I can think of. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Cause like Sony is not really like too known for like it's crazy, uh, uh, multiplayer experiences, at least not yet. They yeah. might be like putting some time and investment into some new IPs. Um, like I don't think this is going to be a PlayStation exclusive, but I know, uh, uh, the makers behind control are working on a, multiplayer yep. uh ip i did that's see that. that universe yeah but then on top of that again back to the free-to-play stuff this is where you started seeing you know a bunch of the free-to-play games that were already on pc start kind of migrating over where you know we got things like warframe smite a lot of other mmos like elder scrolls online launched on console that's when console started getting beefy enough to actually run some of these pc level games and yeah i remember like at the time, like at some point, like people were just like waiting for what was like the big uh, free to play experience at the time of uh, PUBG, waiting for that to come to consoles. Yeah. And when it finally did, people were just like, oh, yes, fucking finally. Yeah. And then we had 
what are some other ones that came well Fortnite, obviously that's when things yeah. really started to change when the free-to-play games started getting as good as they are and as of quality that they are that's when things really started to get shaken up a bit because we everybody was so used to the 60 dollars price tag that was just like yeah. that's what it cost to get into games and occasionally you got a good free one on like playstation plus or xbox gold right and now obviously like with those guy kind of games that came uh not so uh well not like all those games but some of them and then also some other paid games with uh brought about the birth of uh loot boxes yeah and, uh microtransactions yeah. which was that i mean that wasn't so much like an exclusive thing between xbox or playstation that was more of just like, like a developer type of deal i don't even remember who was like the first one to do it but yeah that was uh <laughs> I'm glad we kind of got out of that era. Obviously, there's games like still today that have loot boxes, but you don't hear about them as much. I'm thinking the I want to say the first like game that I remember playing that had loot boxes that w you had to buy still was Overwatch. Yeah, it might have. That's been, the one that uh, comes to mind immediately. Yeah, at least on the console side, and of course on PC, yeah, it's stuff like CS:GO. Yeah, and CS:GO and, like and all that, that. but. Yeah, that free-to-play games were definitely where it opened a lot of developers' eyes to the fact that they could monetize the hell out of their games, and people will pay. Like, I, when I think about free-to-play games, I've spent more money on, you know, League of Legends and Fortnite than I think of any other game I've ever played in my life. No, definitely, because, like, you see, like, all the... You want like want to get, like, these cool new skins or stuff that will appeal to you, and then you see it's like, oh, I'll just get, like, you know like an eight dollar uh bundle pack for like a few uh loot crates and stuff but then you realize you keep doing that over and over and over and over and it just builds up so much after time <laughs> oh yeah like this week alone in my Fortnite, i've i bought thanos i bought blade i bought black widow i reactivated my Fortnite crew membership because loki's in there like the amount of money i just throw at that game because they keep giving me stuff i want is absurd and that's when I, it got really bad for a minute with everybody thinking that <laughs> oh we're gonna make you pay 60 dollars, but we're still gonna throw microtransactions in like you had star wars battlefront 2 being the real oh, big God. one yeah mm -hmm. i remember that was a huge debacle at the time which the game has definitely been brought back since that but was it was so bad. super pay to win at launch and then i remember even single player experiences like shadow of war had microtransactions yeah like the shadow of war one like is what baffled me the most like you're really gonna lock like this stuff like uh really gonna lock stuff like a new orcs and everything behind like a paywall like why not just put this in the game and have us like try and earn it ourselves <laughs> i mean you could you could definitely go through and unlock this a lot of the stuff that the microtransactions would get you mm -hmm. but it would speed right. up your process well it speed up the whole game process a lot more it'll be a lot less grindy if you just spent the money yeah that was like that was the thing i was like yeah you can grind this for free but it's gonna take so damn long and that was like one of the major problems with the. Uh, battlefront front battlefield front a little bit of star wars battlefront 2 yeah i couldn't talk for a second i was having a stroke <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was like one of the major problems like yeah you could get like these loot crates and stuff for loot crates loot boxes for free but it just took so much going i think like someone like broke it down one time and just like to get get enough to get one loot box took like 40 hours of just grinding the game out yeah and i definitely nowadays we've kind of strayed away from that because Fortnite, i think we have to thank for it they came up yeah, with a like, battle pass system and that is such a better system than just buying endless crap outright versus buying and knowing exactly what you're going to get and then the more you play the more you're going to be able to unlock
Yeah, I was gonna say Fortnite definitely set the like present of like if you're gonna do microtransactions, don't make it anything like where someone feels like you have to absolutely get this thing in order to do better in the game. No, just keep it to like cosmetic stuff and like fun, like silly things like that. Because like all you do buy in Fortnite is just you know skins, uh, different uh, harvesting tools, emotes is probably like one of the things I like buying most. Because I like I like getting all like the different dances and stuff just because I like hearing the music. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then every other game copied the battle pass system quickly after that. Like it's in Call of Duty, it's in Rocket League, it's in uh, Rainbow Six Siege, it's in freaking. It's gonna every be game. in Far Cry Six. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be in Halo Infinite. Yeah, it's gonna be in Halo. It's gonna be in every freaking game on the planet now. Yeah. And which, I, which like I'm perfectly fine with that. Yes. I like the battle pass system so much more because it gives me a reason to play outside of just the game. It, like I love the challenge hunting in Fortnite and doing that kind of stuff. Now, I will say in all of the games, I think Fortnite. I, I don't mind the one in Rocket League. Rocket League's is okay with me because it's just as you play, you unlock more crap. Fortnite, I like right. because it gives you that extra objective, and then they get really good crossover stuff. That's what really gets me in the battle passes. Like you know, right now we got Rick in the battle pass, and that's exciting. Whereas stuff like Call of Duty, Rick where you get things like Call of Duty, where the battle pass is there, but it's not like they don't put as much cool stuff. Like they just recently had Rambo. Rambo wasn't an item shop exclusive. It wasn't in the battle pass. Versus if it was in the battle pass, I would have bought it and I would have played the battle pass so much more religiously. Right, and I guess like one thing we should point out is like uh. With these uh, battle passes, you don't even really have to buy them. There is a free version you can get. Now, obviously, you won't get all the rewards as you as many rewards or all of them as you would with the paid battle pass. Yeah. But you'll still at least get some stuff, so you can still have at least something to work towards. Like uh, with the Call of Duty one, one thing I did like sort of like about their battle pass is that they would include uh, new guns every season in the battle pass, but they'd be free ones that you could earn. Yeah. And then now we've got battle passes even in games that are pay, you know, that you buy, but the battle passes aren't like an extra cost. Like the one that comes to mind is Sea of Thieves. Now you can upgrade your Sea of Thieves battle pass to have like, you know, right. extra goodies, but the extra goodies are more like extra like currency for the in-game shop where everything else, all the cosmetic stuff is all unlockable without buying the battle pass. It's just part of that new season. And then another one that comes to mind is Knockout City had a battle pass. And that was a $20 oh, yeah. game. And that was completely free. You didn't have to put any money to get the battle pass. You just had it. Yeah, I know. It definitely seems like we're in that era where, like, microtransactions aren't really as prominent as they used to be. Like, I would say, like, more towards the beginning, middle, lifespan of, like, the PS4, Xbox One era. But now we're at that sort of, like, nice middle ground where like there is stuff you can buy but you don't feel as pressured to actually buy it yeah and i i definitely like that and then back on the topic of fortnite because fortnite just is a goliath that you know kind of set a lot of shit in motion crossplay ps4 yeah. and xbox yeah. one was the dawn of crossplay yeah i know it's like it's so wild to think how like with the ps4 uh xbox one areas like imagine like going back to the ps3 360 era or like even like back to like ps2 original xbox era and saying like hey what if i told you you could play a uh, call of duty modern warfare 2 on your playstation 3 and play with a friend who's playing on xbox 360 you wouldn't believe it would you no no everybody's mind would blow and that's what we said back in the day like it'd be so awesome if we could all just play together because we're playing the same goddamn game and then fortnite yeah. came around 
Fortnite came around and actually introduced crossplay as like, hey, guess what? No matter what platform you're playing on, you're going to be able to play with any of your friends. If you're playing on Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, even PC, you're all going to be able to play together. Heck, even mobile. And now it's, I love that it's becoming a norm. I love that most games, now Sony is still fighting. I remember Sony was the big fighter when Fortnite was starting to introduce those features. I was going to say, Sony, add crossplay support for Borderlands 3. I need friends to grind these guns with. <laughs> but like, I remember at that time, it was like Sony was the big one that was like, hey, we're not letting anybody play crossplay with Fortnite. I mean, it was a huge deal. And then finally they let it through. And then the big one that I remember being the first one that was day one crossplay on everything was Modern Warfare. God, Modern Warfare was it. Uh, it honestly might be up there as like my favorite, like, call of duty game of all time marble warfare is just so good <laughs> it was awesome and then the fact that call of duty was just coming out and being like yep everybody can play together no matter where you're at what you're what console you're on that was huge a game as big as call of duty doing that yeah i was gonna say like call of duty being basically like the biggest multiplayer experience of a time still today really maybe you like, could sort of argue that with how big fortnite's got but still call of duty finally introducing crossplay was like holy shit so we can get crossplay and basically like any kind of multiplayer game oh, yeah. and then also cross progression fortnite again being the one that really set that precedent where no matter what system you booted it up on all your shit was still there yeah we're still sort of like in i feel like we're in that phase where it's like it's not as prominent yet in a bunch of yes. games but as you know as we get further along in this generation and maybe like some of these games get next gen upgrades or maybe sequels then we'll start seeing that a bit more yeah i think the the further we get into this generation the more common that's going to be because even call of duty does it these days where i can boot up call of duty on any of my consoles and i have the same warzone profile Plus, I'd also like to say, like, I like how with um so with Sony's approach, I'm not too familiar about Xbox approach on, like, integrating people into, like, their new generations. Because, like, when they went from PC, not PC, PS3 to PS4, you know, you had, like, a pretty, like, decent handful of games that you could upgrade to PS3 or PS4. So you didn't have to, like, actually get rid of those PS3 games. And they were, like, good games, too, like... uh assassin's creed black flag i remember yeah. and then of course uh gta 5 i can't remember uh what else there might have battlefield been i think 4, maybe i remember being one battlefield 4 was one yeah um i feel like a far cry game was one of them maybe not because Mo- though might have been far cry 4 i don't remember when it released that was the the maybe. first one on playstation 4 i remember though so if it was a far cry game it was that one and then this one i mean like we're almost a year into the start of uh since next gen started and we still have games that are gonna getting like ps5 upgrades and then uh you still have games also like on xbox series x and ps5 that you can still play even though they're base ps4 version yeah and then uh what else that and like a bunch of even new games yet to come out are still gonna be playable on previous generation yeah consoles. like god of war for horizon forbidden west those kind of stuff yeah yeah those two big ones which like some people might be salt, salty about but it's like dude right now we're in a time where like ps5s and series x's aren't yeah you know still prominently available so like even if you're stuck with your like last gen console you'll still be getting like these new games and that's what's huge and then before we move on because we're starting to kind of migrate into the current generation we have yeah. the good old well, first off, Switch. Switch obviously dropped. 
and that was oh, yeah, huge. Was... That shook up everything because the I like I remember. <laughs> I remember back in the day playing Skyrim on my PS3, and I was like, wow, it'd be freaking awesome if we could take this game anywhere. Switch came out and was like, hey, bitch, now you can. And I was like, whoa. I was, I was going to say, we've been talking about, like, you know, the how far games have come on just, like, PlayStation and Xbox. We haven't even mentioned how far, like, Nintendo's come on their consoles. Yeah. Going from, you know, you start, you had, like, the SNES and everything. Then they, as a, for a while, they become, like, almost... To me, at least, they became almost like exclusively a handheld uh, gaming type business, which was fine. There were some great games on like both the Game Boy, DS, 3DS. Oh, the 3DS is such an incredible library. I know it does. And the fact that you were still able to play like normal DS games on it also helped a lot. Yeah. And then the Wii was awesome. The Wii was phenomenal. Like... And then we had it that only... we, we had that dry spell with the Wii U. <laughs> yeah, the, what do you mean though? You mean that dry spell where they didn't really have anything going on? They kind of just supported the Wii for a while, added some sort of weird gamepad to it. Addition, I don't know how that worked out. Yeah, and then we got. I I will say, as much fun as everybody makes fun of the Wii U, we wouldn't have the Switch without it. That was yeah, kind of like their little transition. Yeah, you can almost say like the Wii U was almost like the prototype to the Switch. Yeah. Like they had an idea, but that wasn't the proper execution of it. Yes. And then we get to where we are now. And it's been notorious over the years for Nintendo to not be super third party friendly, but now have them get games like Skyrim, like Doom Eternal, you know, like Witcher 3, all these huge games coming to Nintendo consoles finally. And it's not even just like they're casually adding to them. Like you. Whenever they do a direct, they do like full on showing is like, hey, here's some games actually coming to Switch. With uh, like with the recent A3, we saw like not so little games that are gonna be coming to Switch, if not already on them. I haven't been keeping up too much with that. Yeah, and then there's like, like even yeah, like you were saying, we saw a bunch of stuff at E3. Like I was super shocked to see Guardians of the Galaxy was making its way to Switch. Yeah, that was a big surprise. Not like not just for the fact that it's like, how is this graphic going to run on a Switch? Because admittedly, like you know, as great as the Switch is, not definitely not like oh, the most it's not the powerhouse. Console. Yeah, yeah, not a powerhouse. But that's because like, it's not like made to be a powerhouse. It's made to run Nintendo games, which aren't exactly like graphically crazy games. But that's just because of the style of uh, Nintendo does its games. Mm-hmm. Unless unless you have a Capcom working on it with their RE engine, which how the hell does Monster Hunter Rise look that good on a Switch? That is also yeah. And so we got the Switch, and that was awesome. That really shook a lot of stuff up. And then the big thing that wasn't really big until more you know last year, definitely this year, the same year the Switch launched, so did Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, like Game Pass was definitely like one of the big things, kind of come out of people didn't really think too much of it at first but now game pass has become like this what you could almost consider like the best deal in gaming really now playstation does have playstation now which i have looked into it it's not like as bad as it is it's just that sony doesn't really market it that well and it's and not the fact that it's all game streaming as yeah. opposed to actually downloading the games and you don't get the games day and date that's i feel the biggest thing which we didn't back in the day on game pass but i remember I feel the biggest thing at the time was just like 
like God of War just recently. I feel like last year, maybe in 2019, it finally made its way to PlayStation Now, where you're making people wait a whole year or two, depending on the game, to play it on the streaming service instead of just, you know, putting it out right away and boosting those streaming service numbers. Right. And like, don't get me wrong, like they do have like, they are still adding like great games on there and not so little games like just uh recently i think it was announced i don't know if they're on there yet but uh two big games that getting added to ps now are uh red dead redemption 2 and yep. uh neo 2 mm-hmm. so it's like playstation now can be as good as xbox game pass i just feel like they kind of need to somewhat start over and rebrand it yeah i would say they should probably go for a rebrand but that I remember being yeah, a PlayStation guy at the time and not really caring for Xbox and then being like, there's no way Game Pass ever works. There's no way that this ever becomes a successful thing. And now being somebody who the first console they got this new generation was an Xbox, looking at Game Pass, looking at the offerings available, I'm like, holy shit, was I wrong? Yeah, like I was going to say, Game Pass has definitely become that if you have an Xbox or even if you're playing on a pc or who knows whatever other fucking platform that microsoft introduced game pass to android and ios game, <laughs> android ios eventually your own fucking samsung tv mm-hmm. like a game pass is going to be a necessity at some point especially yeah. if you're someone who maybe has like a tight budget to where you can't afford like especially this current gen now like 60 to 70 dollar games yeah and then again moving into this generation we got the 70 dollar game thing that was the first price jump in what since the playstation 2 i want to say the playstation 2 they were 40 dollars, and then they jumped to 60 and then we moved into this generation and games are now costing 70 dollars on the next gen stuff i think that is actually only yeah, on the good. playstation side if i'm not mistaken though because xbox you can just buy the xbox one version for 60 bucks and your xbox smart delivers that to the next gen version yeah, I was gonna say I haven't t- seen too much uh, uh, of like a uh, price jump for Xbox games, but again, that's because they got like Game Pass down. Who knows? That might be the thing where like a bunch of their exclusives are gonna just be on uh, Game Pass or available on Game Pass, or and who knows what if they'll do anything with like the actual base price come uh, like with some of their bigger games like Halo Infinite. I can't imagine. I don't think that's dropping on Game Pass at least not for a while. Oh, it's on Game Pass day and date. And never mind, I'll shut my fucking mouth. <laughs> Halo Infinite is dropping day and date on Game Pass. <laughs> then that just furs my point. Is like Xbox might not even need to care about like raising the price point if all their like major exclusives are just gonna drop day one on Game Pass. Yep. I think even like with the new Forza, you're getting it. I think we're allowed to play on Game Pass if you're a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber. I think we get the game like three or four days early. Yeah, because like. It's just so weird thinking, like, how much, like, um, games have sort of not just increased, like, quality and how much, like, there is to actually play with some of how big these games are. But then there's also, like, the price. Now, it just brings about the question, is the uh, price raise warranted with uh, some of these new games and these new generations? I definitely think it is when you look at the fact that this is a much larger console jump. Like, ray tracing is now on consoles. The way graphics look is phenomenal on these new consoles. What the internals are in these consoles is dramatically different than what was in the previous generation. And the fact that it's just getting more damn expensive to make games because you have to make them look as good as they are. 
So I definitely, I think the price is warranted. When they said that $70 was going to be you know, the new regular, I really didn't care that much. I figured it would have been higher. But plus, you also got to think, like, how over the years, how big video games have just become, like, within the world in general. Like, yes. you go from, like, PlayStation, GameCube era, uh, to where, like, games weren't really that prominent. It was just more like an at-home, like, fun thing to have. You know, keep the kids distracted while you go cheat on your wife, all that stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> to now where it's, like, it's these things that transcend just the gaming world to where you see them on, like, major news sites all over social media video games are getting like movie movie adaptations and tv series and all that stuff like we're gonna get like a tv series based on the last of us it's just it's mind-blowing to see how far video games in general have come i definitely think last year and the pandemic had a lot to do with that too with people just having nothing to do and a lot of extra disposable income so what are you gonna do if you can't leave your house you're gonna play video games that and how much like how big the video game economy really is because like video games in general generate like billions and billions of dollars in revenue and all that stuff you see it advertised all over the place you probably go on Times square right now and see several advertisements for upcoming video games yeah. or like the get ps5 now get series x now sign up for game pass it's everywhere yeah and that uh, speaking on the issue of the pandemic that made this particular console generation jump a really awkward one where like we talked about earlier people still can't get their damn playstations they still can't get an xbox right and it's not so much now because of the pandemic but the pandemic definitely made like the actual launch you know a, a bit messy because they didn't exactly ship them out to stores have them on the shelves ready available because they didn't want like huge crowds gathering in stores to grab these next-gen consoles so pretty much for the longest time still now really it's you can only really get them online whenever they do a drop of them yep but now another reason why uh some of these consoles are so hard to come by is because of a a chip shortage which is used in like a whole lot of stuff other than just the consoles yeah like, like trucks it's pretty... right now trucks are really hard to get because of the chip shortage trucks cars in general is like i think my uncle talked about how he He's bought a Corvette and he's not going to get it till probably like November. <laughs> yeah. And it's made this jump especially odd because of, you know, just the unavailability of it all, not being able to get your hands on the console, but then also the scalpers and everybody online fighting over, you know, who should actually be able to buy consoles, you know, all that crap. It's been a real, real awkward uh, transition. Like I managed to snag out of luck my Series S when the new generation rolled around out of luck, I rolled into GameStop and somebody canceled their pre-order and I managed to get it. But that is not the case for everybody. You're not going to always get lucky like that. And like just two weeks ago, I got my PlayStation finally. So it's like, it, it it's just like a weird, weird, awkward phase for the first year of this new generation. Right. And it's also weird. Cause like despite like how hard it, it's been to come by, like, ps5s and xbox series x's both of them have been selling like really really well because like right now i have pulled up at least for the ps5 as of uh as of the end of march they have already sold 7.8 million ps5s yeah and i'm pretty sure it like at this point it's already like outsold within its first year the ps2 <laughs> or at least it's getting <laughs> close to it 
Yeah, it's and like it's so weird because like like we said, they're so hard to come by, yet it's still doing these numbers. Now I'm sure you can partially blame that to uh uh scalpers nabbing up a bunch of consoles all at once but that's still crazy it's like yeah it's <clears throat> it's very very odd but then on top of all that you got the the upgrade where we talked about earlier the jump from ps3 to ps4 and the xbox 360 to the xbox one there was that cost to upgrade but it was across the board and we've been talking about this a lot over the week with the announcement of the ghost of tsushima director's cut like yeah, people are upset. That's bad. yeah people are upset that you have to pay for this and i i could see both sides of the argument this is another thing that's changed over the years is that these games are getting upgrades and we can upgrade them to the new consoles but whether or not they're getting charged is a totally separate matter right and like some people like of course were like some people are upset like how certain features are going to be locked behind that upgrade with uh director's cuts like uh but it's like some of the stuff that you can't even get like on a PS4 uh, version of the game, like uh, haptic feedback support. You need the dual sense to get that support. So like, what does it matter? Yeah, exactly. Well, again, I said I could see both sides of the argument where I definitely think like the Ghost of Tsushima situation where it's like 30 bucks if you have the PlayStation 4 version already. I think that's justifiable. You get the director's cut, you get the upgraded graphics and you get the expansion right now, for 30 I, I bucks i feel like that's fair yeah same because i just see it as like you know it's like it's basically like 30 bucks for additional content and features which is like the general price for most dlc now i don't want to get uh too much into it i forgot to mention i don't know if you saw like the calendar update i am gonna try and do uh a video on some of the recent like basically playstation controversy not just with ghost of tsushima but i guess some of the controversy with uh playstation's relation with uh indie developers okay because I mean, that's been a thing lately <laughs> but i i again like i said i could see both sides so i saw the side where i definitely for me i don't see a problem paying 30 dollars for that but then you get yeah, other same. games like you know the xbox automatically upgrades you to whatever the best version of that freaking game is at the time so if you're playing like assassin's creed valhalla you finally get your next gen console and you boot up assassin's creed valhalla you don't have to pay a damn thing you just automatically get that version the xbox series xs version whenever a new version comes out you automatically get that upgrade versus you know on the playstation side you do have to spend that money to get the upgrade for certain titles and even other games on playstation are free upgrades like if you look at like avengers and stuff like that yeah and it's definitely something that like it's gonna because so far this is the first like upgrade that people actually have to pay for which is probably why people are up in arms about it because every other upgrade has been free but this is the first like playstation exclusive upgrade uh, I think the only Which, other one that comes to mind is Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man, but that one was like that one was sort of like a weird one to me. I didn't like fully understand that one because it wasn't just like simple like if you have the base game you can upgrade it. I think right. I think you had to have gotten the legendary edition of what or of Miles Morales or whatever. Yeah, that was it. Basically, it was like it was an upgrade, like only available through a special edition of basically another game yeah which that was a part that seemed like odd to me but uh uh what was it gonna be now it's basically gonna be interesting to see like how is playstation gonna handle like their future like 
PS4 to PS5 upgrades because we did get that uh, Death Stranding Director's Cut announcement. Uh, I forget what it was on. I can't even remember. So now it, there's wonder if like is that going to be another like paid upgrade type of deal? Yeah. Because I guess I guess with PlayStation these Director's Cuts are going to be basically PlayStation's new like uh, greatest hits things where it's like. You know how, like, with the older games, I think, like, PS3 and, like, even some PS4 games, yeah. you'd have, like, these greatest uh, hits versions of some of, like, their best uh, exclusives. Yeah, and I think it is interesting looking forward, especially when you th- consider the fact that they have announced that the new Gran Turismo is going to be um, is gonna be on PlayStation 4. God of War Ragnarok is going to be on PlayStation 4. Horizon Forbidden West is going to be on. So what happens when those players get their PlayStation 5? Are they going to be able to get that free upgrade, or are they going to be stuck on the PlayStation 4 version? That, and I'm also wondering, like, in terms of pricing, because, like, like, what would be the point in getting, like, the $70 version of a game that you could just pay $60 for? I'm wondering if it's going to be a case kind of like with uh, Resident Evil 8, where it's both available on PS4 and PS5, but it's uh, sixty dollars for either version. <laughs> yeah, they. I think if they want to give the free upgrade, just make it. Just slap the seventy dollars price tag on both versions. Yeah, I like feel like either, that's the simplest yeah. solution, and it keeps people from being upset. Yeah, or like even like just keep it like. Do they keep it sixty dollars? Because then like you have people who are going to be up in arms like paying seventy dollars for a PS4 game. So. Really, it feels like the only right answer would be like sixty dollar, no matter what version, and free upgrade. That's going to be the answer that people are going to want. It's going to keep people the happiest. Now it's just going to be up to Sony's. Like, is that the answer you're going to go for? I think if you're going to up the price, I think Sony needs to stick to their guns on that. I think they need to stick to the to their guns and charge seventy because at this point it is getting stupid expensive to make games. That's just the way it is. Everything gets more expensive over time. It's called inflation. It's just how it works. The more advanced technology gets, the more shit's gonna cost. I mean, for Christ's sake, you spend more on a damn iPhone than you do on a next generation console. So I mean, like, and people are fine with that, but ten dollars for a little more of a video game, I don't understand. So for me, it's just like stick to your guns, accept the fact that this is just how it is. And you're going to have to pick and choose like you always have what your 60 or now $70 is going to at the end of the day. Yeah, I was going to say like video games are no longer like these, you know, like small little like goofy arcade games or they're becoming like full on like monster projects that take years. Millions of dollars. yeah, like let me uh bring uh something up uh, real quick. Because uh, I think so far this game is still like the has like the biggest budgets that any game has ha- ever had. So let's see. No, not that. Well, like I pulled up this one right here. In the last, it took six years to make it. Crew of a thousand different people and a budget in around a million dollars for The Last of Us Part Two. Right, and then like well, hundred million. You... Excuse me, did I just say a million? I don't know <laughs> what I said. You said a million. I was like, uh, what? Hundred million. <laughs> they made dollars. that off a million. Yeah, a hundred million to make a Last of Us Two, and that is not even to. I don't think that's even to this day the most uh, a game has cost to make. Because I have uh, GTA Five pulled up right now. Development cost $137 million. Yep. Marketing 
128 million. Yep. Total cost 268.5 million for one game. Yep. One game that came out in like how many years ago? PS3 era. Yeah. And it's still like the biggest budget that a game and has ever had. And that's a game that has the longevity with, you know, GTA Online to recoup that money. They have definitely made more than what they spent on GTA 5 in the, what, 12 years since it's been out versus something like The Last of Us 2 being a game that is single player. You know, you're going to buy it once and have it. That is not going to recoup money like something like GTA is going to. So they need that extra money in just to make up what they spent to make the damn game in the first place. Yeah, like, and then, like, the money it's made back is insane. Like, last year, last year alone, GTA V generated almost a billion dollars in revenue for Take-Two and Rockstar Games. Yeah. Like, that is maddening. Like, yeah, these games are getting you know more expensive to make but then the sheer amount of money that these games are starting to bring in now as compared to who knows how much they are bringing in and like older console generations like ps1 era and stuff like that it's like games are not you know just these simple things anymore yeah and it, it again gta online is a very very special case where that game has test stood the test of time versus again games like the last of us that are single player experiences you're going to have to recoup that money somehow and that's ten dollar price increase is the way they're doing it without making it outlandish or monetizing the game out the ass yeah i was gonna say with games like those you're not so much looking at how much revenue they bring in but you're gonna be looking at how many copies yeah uh, they sell and they move a lot of copies yeah so yeah it's just an interesting interesting point where we're at now i'm curious to see how the rest of it goes because there's still so many unknowns with like playstation 4 still getting so many games and like the last generation still getting a lot of content their way i'm curious to see how we'll progress moving into and how long this generation will be my theory is that this generation will last a little longer because of the craziness with the uh short supply of the new consoles the short supply and they def it definitely seems like both companies are like they want this generation to last because i think we talked about this on the last podcast where do you how do games evolve from where they're at now because current like this new gen of games have looked insane and if you look compared to like playstation original xbox look how far like not just how big games have gone but just like graphically alone yeah. like games have gotten insane to where they're so like photorealistic like with forza horizon that what was it forza horizon five or yeah. six that was shown at e3 five yeah like you could pass that off as it being in real life but no it's a fucking video game a video game that you control but it looks like you're driving in the real world yeah it's it is very interesting where the rest of this generation is going to go but that's i think pretty much all i had you got anything to close this out oh let's see here no, that's pretty much it. It's just more so, like, I'm curious on, like, how far this current generation is going to go. And, like, once this generation gets to its end point, how does it evolve? How do video games evolve from that point on? And that it's just wild to look back and see, like, from where games have started to, like, where we are now. We've gone from, like, uh, polygonal, like, char yeah. characters, you know, <laughs> jumping on heads to getting massive multiplayer games like halo like fortnite halo infinite 
and like cinematic, almost movie-like experiences with exclusives like Last of Us 2, God of War, Spider-Man 2018. It's just, it's maddening to think of how far games have come. Yeah, yeah. it's wild to think of where we started playing and how, where we're at now. Yeah, like, it's it's definitely crazy to wrap your head around, but it's welcome nonetheless. Like, I'm excited to see, like, where games are going to go from here. Because this feels like the peak, but I know, like, both Sony and uh, Xbox... They're going to elevate it somehow. I don't know how, but they will. And not just those two. I mean, I'm curious what happens with the new Switch. Whenever that finally rolls around, I'm very curious to see what happens with the Switch Pro. (laughs) We keep focusing on, like, both PlayStation and Xbox when it comes to this, and just, like, sadly leaving out Nintendo. Well, that's because Nintendo is this anomaly, okay? They just kind of do their own thing, and they're wildly successful for that. That is, like, how much has Nintendo, like, in terms of, like, their games mainly, like, how much has it really changed over the years? They've still sort of, like, kept their same style, really, where it's, like, you don't have, like, these insanely graphical games or, like, any games with, like, a super insane story. They just have, like, fun games to play, yeah. really. And they they do their own thing, and like I said, they're an anomaly because they sell so many goddamn Switch units and they just they continue to be this powerhouse but then again you get a conversation like this and everybody's like they don't think about switch because everybody in my the way i think about it is that everybody has their main console you know the meat and potatoes and then you've got you know your switch on the side for you know the couple exclusives you're going to play there but not something you're going to constantly be on running games with your friends that's kind of how i feel nintendo is and they're okay with that right you got like either PC, PlayStation, and Xbox, as you said, like your meat and potatoes, and then uh, you know you got your Switch, which is like your uh, like your mashed potatoes, or who knows, maybe like they're your uh, uh, rolls that you get at Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, it's like just a little side bit where you just go to you know get the unique experiences you really can't get anywhere else because that's just how Nintendo rolls. And then when you're going to play, you know, the big games, you're going back to you know your steak and your potatoes, your Xbox and your Playstations, you know i'm just gonna call my playstation that for now i was like all right time to fire up the old steak and potatoes (laughs) (laughs) but that's like with playstation like obviously uh nintendo has their own way of doing games like their games are the best way i could describe it is like their games are fun like no matter what nintendo game you can really you hop into you can hop into really any of them and just have like a fun old time yeah where meanwhile with uh (laughs) playstation games you can hop in you can still have fun but you can also be emotionally traumatized. And yeah, I love you'll that. have your heartstrings pulled and the whole nine yards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ellie, I hope you get back with your loved one and find your baby. <laughs> but that is pretty much all we have for this one. If you want to keep up with us, Rico always says just follow the podcast, follow us on our social medias and everything for that. Follow the YouTube channel. For me, you can check me out over at Nico underscore gaming over on Twitter and Instagram. And over on my main channel, Nico Gaming on YouTube. But yeah, that's pretty much all I got. It's been fun. Uh, We'll see you next week. Peace out. Peace.